0: The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. The first round is over for almost every series. Um, Some coaches are going to wake up uh, Monday morning without jobs. True. There's some players who have retired... Um, We've already had a elite player declared uh, someone who will never win a Norris. Um, We've had, there's the open question of what to do with a lot of the teams, whether Patrice Bergeron is coming back or not. uh, And that's both to the league and to the Boston Bruins. Um, I have a couple of fairly deep thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, the finalists for several awards have been announced. We'll talk about the Norris, the Vesna, and the Calder. Beliefs are out again. Um, <laughs> I, I I I I I giggle, and it's
1: only because you know, I get the feeling that they were hoping for a. Uh, well, obviously they were hoping for a different result. I think because they were playing somebody else, they were expecting a different result.
0: They even had home ice, didn't they? No. Uh, no. But they, it was a different opponent. You could make the, you could have, you could hold the expectation that the Leafs were going to be, I, I mean, that Toronto was going to be tired uh, from two cup wins in a row. Um, I mean, we'll go into that when we, when we break down that series. Um, I don't want to talk about the officiating too much in any particular series, even the Bruins, Canes one, because in pretty much every series I saw, the more active the refs were, the worse they were. I, I, In general, I thought that the Western Conference games were called less egregiously bad because they didn't whistle as much.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Less egregiously bad? Is that a thing?
0: I'm making it a thing. Okay. So where do we want to start?
1: Um... I just don't know whether we start with the commiserating or whether we start with the celebrating or...
0: Let's start with... Honestly, let's start with the
1: celebrating. I mean... Go ahead.
0: Because I thought that the Panthers... I honestly thought they were going to lose that round. They, They spent too much energy coming back. And I kind of I kind of thought Washington might get it done. Okay. Um, for a while, I really genuinely thought Washington might get it done and that the curse of the president's trophy was going to bite them in the fun bits. Um, But they stuck it out. They didn't panic. Claude Giroux was a star player in the series, not just a star who played in the series, but Mm -hmm. a star player in the series. Okay. Um, I know before the, before the playoffs started, I predicted that one to go Florida in five games. And I still think they should have won that way. Actually, Washington is a more veteran playoff team.
1: Okay. And I think Uh,
0: that helped them. Just, very quickly,
1: actually, I do believe Toronto did have home ice in that series because the, they were the number two seed. Tampa Bay was number three. Just wanted okay. to clarify that. But back to Florida, I, I, Washington scared them. I know that it was tied two games apiece at the end. Uh, you know, after four. Yep. I don't know if that's what finally woke up the Panthers to the realization that hey, you know, we're clearly not playing at, at our top, or, or whatever the case may be because it was eerie that they were tied 2-2 it,
0: it was more than eerie it was concerning like to me that should have been over in 5 one blip and just pound them they were the florida panthers won the won the uh, president's trophy they should have they should have run over Washington like it should have been a series where they were dominant and you just can't say that i mean their number one the number one player for the
1: panthers in that series is not somebody you would expect
0: uh number one in terms of points or number one in terms of oh sorry of,
1: number one yeah number one in terms of, of of points
0: production no it's not someone you would expect and but he's the person whose name you heard literally every time you turn the TV on. Oh, like yes. You, if you turned on one of their games, you were hearing his name.
1: Carter Brady.
0: Twelve points, currently number two uh, in the postseason in scoring. And I mean, didn't have he had a solid
1: season, but it wasn't over the top
0: there was nothing that said I'm going to be a ridiculous superstar in the first round.
1: And then uh, at the, uh, at the other end of that, you've got the goaltender Bobrovsky nine
0: Oh six save percentage. Bob is so unpredictably weird. Uh, Okay. I, I mean, I, I won't put the series going to seven games on him because I don't, I don't think he was the sole issue. Uh, it but didn't make it to seven, so or going as long as it did anyways, but you look at the you look at his playoff uh career history, nine oh six this year, eight forty one last year, nine oh one the year before, nine twenty-five um in that second uh well third playoff run with Columbus. Um, where he played 10 games, 906 games the year before that, and then in 882, he's not really been a playoff performer in his career. Now, the Columbus teams, you can make the argument, just sort of squeaked in, mm-hmm. and that he was playing you know, as well as the team in front of him, but... I don't know if he gets worn out, if he gets in his own head or if there's a book on him and teams and teams just know how to score on him in the playoffs. But it's if you're advancing in the playoffs, you're advancing with Sergei Bobrovsky. You're not advancing because of Sergei Bobrovsky and you shouldn't build your team that way. Um, I, I still think that this team has the juice to run deep. Um, Unfortunately, in the next round, we're going to see two, at least one and maybe two of the three best teams in the Eastern Conference go down. Because Florida is playing Tampa, and Carolina will play the winner of the Rangers- penguins series.
1: And what are you expecting out of you you're saying that that a top team is going down. I mean, are we expecting that Calgary could lose uh, it's it Calgary, Calgary. No, no, no. Calgary could lose to Dallas?
0: No, well, Calgary and Dallas out west. I'm still talking about the east. Oh, okay. Because I mean, next ra- second round for the east, it's it's a battle of Florida. It's the Sunshine State. uh, Ah,
1: yes, that's right.
0: It's the second round. The Panthers have actually won a playoff round for the first time since two, since 1996, I believe it was. So they have that confidence going into it that they didn't have when they faced Tampa last year. And they also have their number one defenseman, which they didn't have when they faced them last year. This Wonderful. is going to be a very different series. It's going to be. Well, right off
1: the bat, it's going to be a different series. Vasilevsky has an 897 save percentage. This ah, is this is arguably the best goaltender in the world. I've heard it out of other people's mouths. I, make I no such. I make no such claims.
0: But I, I would say that heading into covid he was the best goaltender in the world i would say that in the late covid post covid world there is not a single superstar goaltender in the nhl but an 897 uh, look i am not i'm not defending it uh i don't it, it's no, I'm just, not i'm just i'm just saying number. That,
1: that could be the great quote-unquote equalizer, because they both have top-tier defensemen. They both, you know, Ekblad, Hedman. They, 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 they both have solid defense cores, not just number ones, but numbers one through four, at least. They both have speedy forwards that can handle the puck. You're talking about a couple of teams that Might mirror each other more than we'll give them credit for.
0: And oh, this is gonna this, as I said, this is gonna be a fascinating series. It could come down to who's not been great. Nine oh six versus an eight ninety seven. That's really not a huge, a huge gap. I mean, Bobrovsky, uh, Vasilevsky faced two hundred and fourteen shots in the first round, and made one hundred and ninety two saves. Um, Bobrovsky faced 180 shots, made 163 saves. Um, So that's 22 goals allowed for Vasilevsky in seven games and 17 allowed for Bobrovsky in six. Um, Neither one of them had a. I didn't believe either one had a shutout.
1: Um, But we're talking we're talking about. A goaltender, and he apparently has these blips. In fact, it's odd. There's actually like a, a a pattern here. 2014 15, he had an 895. Follows that up with a 925, a 918. Then in 1819, he goes down to 856. 1920, 927, then a 937, and now this year he's down to an 897. It's like every third year he cops up a hairball.
0: We were talking about a, about goalies having a pattern like that probably four years ago, probably before we started the show. Um, when you look at some of the playoff, some of the goaltenders who have gotten into the playoffs a lot, um, I don't know if it's just he needs a change in his exercise routine or his fitness, or you know maybe he's, I don't know. Uh, but some of it some of it is adjustments by the competition. You know, when you're the goaltender who's won two back to back cups, you better believe everyone's studying tape on you. Everyone knows your tendencies, and while he's a large guy and athletic, the videotape doesn't lie. The stats on where shots they're beating you from don't lie. With enough data, people can figure out how to beat you more regularly. This is a guy who has a better save
1: percentage in the playoffs than he does in a career in his career. Mhm. So an eight ninety seven, yeah. I mean, outside of this little pattern that I've detected, it, it it's just eight ninety seven is odd. But yeah, you're going to have two goaltenders going head to head who are top tier goalies for whatever reason not having the greatest years, so now it's going to come down to um, the battle for Middle Earth, so to speak.
0: <laughs> it this, this round might be
1: <clears throat> battle for Middle Ice.
0: <laughs> this might actually be the best, if both teams play to their abilities, to the top of their abilities, because both teams are healthy, or reasonably healthy. We saw Point get dinged in uh, the la- in their last game against the Leaves, but if both teams are healthy, this could legitimately be the best hockey series does, that we've seen in years. Does this
1: does this matchup ruin the rest of the playoffs? could this be the best matchup of the whole playoffs and we're getting it in the second round and everything else is kind of a a letdown?
0: It's very possible, except that one of these two teams is quite likely to be facing the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals. Carolina, not for anything. I know that Carolina beat Boston
1: and, but I think even though Boston lost, I think, They've exposed Carolina a little bit. I think Carolina can be beaten. And I know the whole thing with Carolina's trolling Boston fans because Boston fans were terrible, on them, terrible to them on Twitter. Uh, something about getting thicker skin comes to mind. But, you know, um, but I think that on the ice, I do believe that Boston, at least in their own building, was able to expose some things that Carolina did wrong.
0: That That's entirely true. But here's the thing, the is as aggressive and physical and in a lot of ways, personal as the T as the series was. Mm-hmm. The Boston Carolina series was still a fairly clean series. Uh, Second round.
1: With the exception of with the exception, with the exception of Windholm. Yeah.
0: Second round, third round. People are gonna be a little bit afraid. Their leashes are going to be a little bit worn. Okay. I expect some stupid to happen. Like uh we saw <laughs> when we saw when uh the Winnipeg player trucked um Evans for no bleeding reason. Uh last oh, year.
1: Mr. Oh, Mr. Shifley, yes.
0: Yes. I I, I expect to see that level of stupid. And let's face it, I Carolina has more guys capable of being really physical on a regular basis than Florida or Tampa Apparently. um, and I, I mean, think that's yeah, a difference maker
1: can can either Pittsburgh or New York, depending on who finishes, can they beat Carolina
0: yes. Do I consider, uh, well? I, okay, like, we're going to no. use the,
1: ever, the the any given Sunday uh, reference. I mean, yes, any anything can happen on any given game day. I get it, but
0: um, I think that part of the reason I have to downgrade their chances is that they're expecting their number one goaltender back.
1: Ah, which leads me to my next question because I was going to ask it before you brought it up. If Freddie Anderson was ready to come back, do you switch to him after the round that Auntie Ranta just gave you? Because in my opinion, I don't think you make that move. Not until I mean, Ranta Auntie falls Ranta on Ranta his-
0: did turn in a 927 save percentage. Which Not, not until he falls on his face. Mm-mm. Which Which is one of the better... One of the better save percentages in the in the playoffs right now. Yep. particularly among the people moving forward. That said, he's the guy. He's been more consistent in his career than Antiranta. Antiranta made his very first playoff starts. This playoffs. Uh, these playoffs. So, in part, yeah, it's awesome. They there's not really that playoff book on him. No one can really say. Oh, this is what happens when you toss them into the playoffs. But
1: but this is the playoffs. You ride the hot goaltender. The Bruins yeah. didn't. The Bruins didn't go back to Omark. They stayed with Swayman, even though they lost Game Five. Okay, whatever. Yeah, because yeah, they won. it lost Game Five because they went back. Because all the home teams won all the games in the in the Boston Carolina series. Yes. Bruins didn't Bruins didn't jump back and forth. They once he made the change to Swayman, he stayed with Swayman.
0: See, I don't see I,
1: I don't see Brindamore going back to Anderson until Ronta falls on his face. Once Ronta cops up a hairball, then the jig is up. And
0: I wanna know how the two of them did against whoever they end up playing in the third round. I mean against actually I want to know how the two of them did against either the Rangers and um, the Penguins. Yeah. And I, mean, I think that is how Brindamore is going to decide. Because as good as Reddy Anderson is capable of being, I mean, you've got a 50-goal scorer this season on the Rangers. You've It's got,
1: Chris Kreider. Come on now.
0: You've got the – you've got Crosby and Malkin on the other side. You're going to be facing elite offense, period.
1: Wow. Look, I, I – think I, I think we should expect a call from Chris Kreider's agent thanking you for considering him elite.
0: Look, you score 50 goal even in a league where I don't believe there's a superstar – scoring 50 goals isn't isn't an accident. Okay. It might be a career year, but they can't call it an accident. Okay. Fair enough. Um so yeah, I think let's move on from that particular those those series and dive mm-hmm. into some of the other ones. Um Bruins Kings my two questions and my only two questions on this round. Yeah. Uh, where are the people who said that getting a defenseman were, would uh, would solve everything and we didn't need a second center because the Bruins got run over in a lot of cases in the faceoff circle? Hall's numbers were <clears throat> not worthy of a number two center. Um, and um, where was Charlie McAvoy?
1: Um, well, the answer to the first question is. How did the Bruins fare when they didn't have the defenseman that they acquired at the trade deadline?
0: And McAvoy.
1: If I'm not mistaken, they actually won.
0: They won the two games at home where McAvoy was not.
1: Well, one of them, McAvoy was in the protocol.
0: One of them, he was in the protocol and Lindholm missed both.
1: Lindholm missed both. And yet so the defenseman that they acquired because you had to have a defenseman you had to have a defenseman and it's fine i like Hampus Lindholm i really do i like his body of work i like what he was able to do in Anaheim the guy is quality he's a solid
0: piece of the puzzle he he he
1: is a no he is a he is a top pairing defenseman yeah i like I- Hampus Lindholm my issue is that They didn't address the elephant in the room, and I said it then, I say it now, and I'll probably probably be saying saying it in September.
0: September. Yeah.
1: They did not get a second-line center, and Howla just for most of those playoffs, for most of that round,
0: was overmatched.
1: Yes. I was trying to find the right word. Overmatched is a good way to put it.
0: It, I, I said it. At the beginning of the year, before the before the puck drop for the first time, Ola is a solid number three. Charlie Coyle is a very good number three. Neither one of them should be holding should be trying to carry the number two slot into the playoffs or in the playoffs. Period.
1: I I do believe that I do believe that it was expected somebody was going to return to the team then.
0: Yeah, that's because someone had their head somewhere that doesn't get a whole lot of sunlight or airflow.
1: Yes, that could be the problem. I do believe that not only did Krejci say it, his wife said it, his agent said it. <laughs> Literally, I, I think if, I, I, think if Krejci, I think if Krejci could have taken out a billboard, he would have.
0: I'm not sure it would have gotten through. I mean, the is a Harvard guy, so he knows better.
1: And what if you take an ad out in the Harvard Crimson?
0: Mm, pretty sure, pretty sure that wouldn't work either. Damn. Um, but seriously, when I look at this series, and McAvoy isn't the only defenseman I was disappointed in because I don't think that. Carlo was particularly effective in this series.
1: Grizzly, I'm guessing, was playing hurt.
0: Well, they did when they took him out of the out of the lineup. They said it was an upper body injury, which doesn't really surprise me because he got whacked a couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, both late in the season and then early in the postseason. But the two best defense, the two most consistently contributing defensemen, were your nominal third pair. It was Forbert with blocks a million.
1: Derek Forbert, blocking and, shots.
0: And it was uh, Connor Clifton with, quite frankly, not just throughout the second half of the regular season, but through the entire first round, he mm-hmm. had the best and most consistent exit passes. Yep. Yeah. He had that kind of fun goal, to, goal set up. Um, and he threw down, he left everything on the ice every game.
1: He's not, first of all, he's not afraid. He's not afraid of anyone. We all know that.
0: Look, I I tweeted (laughs) during the series that he was half honey badger, half government mule, because he just gets, he just gets pounded on by bigger players and keeps moving. Like he keeps moving his feet. He keeps moving the puck forward. It doesn't matter. He just keeps moving. it's it's gorgeous to watch,
1: and unfortunately, he still gets inconsistent play during the regular season. And I I mean, and like you said, he hasn't played two hundred games yet. At least I don't believe he has.
0: No, At he has not
1: regular season.
0: He's still a he's still very early in his career. Do I think that he's going to win a Norris trophy at some point in his career? I don't. Probably not. Do I think that he's going to be one of those guys who the fan base is going to remember 25 years after he stops playing? Yeah. Yeah. He's at 154 regular season games. Um, he played and, and 19 this season, 31 is second, 44 is third, and then 60 this year. Um, his points climb every year. Um, there's not really a lot more. You can't really make too many complaints about him.
1: Uh, I, he was number one in, and grant. Okay. They didn't have Lindholm. They didn't have McAvoy. And if they had those two, they probably would have been t- time on ice leaders, but, when those two aren't there, would you – would, would I, I didn't expect it. I was shocked by the fact that he was the only defenseman over 20 minutes in that game. Time on ice leader on the game. I would have expected it to be a Carlo or a Grizzly.
0: I would have no. expected it to be Carlo uh, or, or Grizzly. You're right. Um, but Grizzly.
1: But I – Connor Clifton to be the the number one time on ice guy. The fact that he's the guy that Cassidy is sending out there in all situations. I mean,
0: Part clearly does does play both sides and he plays them equally well.
1: And that's what makes him useful—a uh, a nice little Swiss Army tool, So sort of on the on the back end. Because yes, he can play both sides, left and right
0: wing. Um, I'm, and now the other question. Okay. Where was Charlie McAvoy? Um, he had a goal in the series.
1: Okay. So did Connor.
0: Was there a single game where you looked up and said, Charlie McAvoy was the best defenseman for the Bruins in that game?
1: In any game?
0: Any game that he played. (laughs) Uh, No. And that's a problem when you're theoretically the number one defenseman. Um, Leafs Lightning.
1: Leafs Lightning. Um, I, I can't even feel bad for the Leafs anymore. I'm sorry. Not that I ever really felt overly bad for them, but I knew it's 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 sad because I knew when game six went to overtime. I knew it was over. I knew Tampa Bay was I knew Tampa Bay was moving on.
0: Toronto stopped believing they could when something went wrong late in the game. They stopped believing they could. And that to me is one of those big hallmarks of the difference between a contender and a really good team.
1: They are a very talented team. They have, I mean, you go out and you acquire, you go out and you acquire Mark Giordano because the common belief is that you never have defensemen. You have Jake Muzzin and and the backup singers. And, and that's the way it pretty much was. I mean, so you go out, you get Mark Giordano, you shore up the defense, Jack Campbell kinda of coughed up a hairball during the season, but recovered at the end and, and solid playoffs. It's not just about the talent, it's a belief. The Bruins never gave up, even though they lost game seven. Scored that goal with twenty seconds left. They never believed that they, they never let go of the belief that they could win. At no, least I don't think played, so. They and played to win every and that is the problem. Oh, yeah. And that is the problem Toronto has is that once the adversity hits, it, all's well and all's well and sunny and, and happy and, and exciting when you're scoring five goals and you're beating Tampa Bay five to two. When you do, but the minute Tampa Bay buckled down and tied the game, took it to
0: overtime, you could see it. The I, as much as I hate the cliche, the air went out of them. Like there was nothing. They started hunching over. They weren't sitting up. They weren't talking to each other. It was just, yeah. It. I guess it, it, it was. was it was
1: visible. It was visible. It was like one. Like I said, watching that game six and and Braden Point scores his third his third overtime game winner. Uh, but once that puck went in, it was like, yep, they're done.
0: And I think that's the difference between. I think that's the difference between a lot of. It's not just the room that's different. It's some of the core players. As much as as ridiculously skilled as Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares are. hmm. When you look at them, when you listen to them, and you compare them to other guys who have won cups and been a big contributor in those cups, they don't have the bleep you factor that a guy like Drew Doughty has. Drew Doughty is ticked off at some player every season. Usually it's Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> but it's, it's been Matthew Kachuk. It's been but there's someone. I mean most recently it's been Matthew Kachuk, but when yes. they're they in Chicago were going at it, he was he was mad at someone on that team all the time. Oh, um, probably look dunk, at,
1: yeah, usually Duncan Keith.
0: Um you look at I mean Brad Marchand is always going to be playing trying to play in someone's head. Um Sidney Crosby, you know he doesn't, he's not as vocal about it, but you know, he gets. I remember a couple of times early in his career, he would get uh, he would get slashed or get uh, get you know, speared and go out and score, and he'd make a point of celebrating near the bench of the opponents. Um, yeah. uh, who was it, Kobolchuk? Um, who Honestly, never won a cup, but that's not his fault. Um, you look at you look at Milan Lucic. Was he that not on the New Jersey Devils
1: team that won? What? He wasn't on the New Jersey Devils team that won?
0: No, Kovalchuk Against was the... after that. OK, but look at Milan Lucic. He not only likes to win, he hates to lose.
1: There is a difference, by the way.
0: Oh, Absolutely. And when you're both of those things, it carries you. Um, who else? Uh, I mean, you can roll it up and down. Uh, you can look at Eric Stahl. That dude did not like to lose. He would get into the face of anyone. He'd get into the face of Shea Weber, Zidane Chara. didn't matter. Uh, Marty St. Louis. Smallest dude on the ice in anyone's face at any time if that's what it took to win. And I don't see that from Austin Matthews. I don't see that from uh, from the rest of that roster. I mean, just hell, take a look at Andy Ference. The Bruins won in that uh, Montreal series on their way to the Cup, and he had that wardrobe malfunction. And <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone believed that it was an actual wardrobe malfunction, but he's basically flipping them off a second time by making the claim like there's you need that healthy level of hate, of disrespect, of dislike, of rivalry, of whatever you want to call it in all honesty. Yeah.
1: No, I was going to say. In all honesty, I think that that is what pushed Boston to winning the cup in 2011. I don't know that there was a healthy hate relation, love hate relationship with Vancouver. Not but, before the series started. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. But you got the biting of the finger. You got. You got the pumping of, laid out in game. You got the Boston. pumping of the tires. You got Horton, you, uh, Horton squirting Boston, Boston ice water, uh, uh, Garden ice water on uh, up in the Rogers Center. You've got it. It developed that hatred and, and that that hatred uh, or that in game hatred for the other team is what carried them through, and, and the desire to win, the desire to not want to lose, that, that I'm not going to lose, we're not going to lose.
0: The specific desire to beat that guy or that roster or that city is, is that second layer of it. It's not just the desire to win. I genuinely believe that Austin Matthews wants to win every game. I genuinely believe that Mitch Marner wants to win every game. I genuinely really believe that John Tavares wants to win every game, but I don't think they ever want to rub it in anyone's face. And you need that.
1: You gotta have that. You gotta have that Brendan Gallagher. You gotta have that. Uh,
0: and honestly, Brad
1: Marchand. The, you gotta have that. Yeah, that 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 guy who's the irritant, the Drew Doughty, the
0: the irritant who can bring the rest of the team with them is yes. the, is the key thing. You can't do what Pittsburgh did a couple of years ago and say, we need to get more X and then not get – and then do the opposite. Like you can't bring wait, in wait, wait. someone
1: – We're going to get tougher, so we're going to bring in Galchenyuk? <laughs> yes. Oh, or <laughs> Phil Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, yes, I do believe Galchenyuk might be a little bit tougher than Castle.
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. But if you're – If you're the Leafs this offseason and Montreal really does a full strip down. Yes. You probably should go after Brendan Gallagher. And I I genuinely mean that. You need someone with that bleep you factor. Especially someone who still has something to prove Mm -hmm. because he wants to prove that he can be healthy again. He wants to prove that he is an elite player, um, and just put. I mean, I don't think there's a better example of it this year than Evander Kane. He had everything to prove. Yeah. <sighs> what happens when he gets, I think, illegally, um, has his contract terminated? Yeah. He comes back to the NHL. Yep. And he rolls up ridiculous, like, PlayStation numbers, video game numbers, in the regular season on a un- completely unfamiliar team after months of not playing in the NHL.
1: Now, you know, and, and, and I thought about this many times. You and I both love him. You've loved him longer than I have. But. You know that the uh, the detractors are going to say, "Well, anybody could play like that when you got Connor McDavid on you on your
0: No. No. He he was playing like that with the Sharks team and guess what? The Sharks team didn't make the playoffs. Second, he plays yeah. a completely different style of hockey than Connor McDavid. He plays way more physical. Oh, like, yeah. Um, see, there's there's not really a top-six forward on that team like him. Ryan Nugent Hopkins isn't going to go and get in the face of Ryan Reeves. Just not happening. Just not happening. <laughs> oh no, no, that's not happening. I, Leon Dreisaitl is not getting in Kolasar's face or throwing big clean-out checks uh, against Roman Yossi or... Um, whoever just not going to happen.
1: Yeah, no, no, I don't think so, but it, it, it's, it, it, it's a desire. It's, it's an intangible. It's not something that you can measure. It's, and Toronto just, like I said, Toronto just didn't have the minute. The minute that overtime goal went in, I knew it was over. So
0: you're not alone. Um, okay, next series.
1: Do we have any more series? Well, we got the Western Conference.
0: Western Conference, Blues Wild. I said it before the seat, before the show, and maybe I shouldn't say it during the show, but that's never stopped me before. Um, (laughs) as much as I kind of like both teams, I don't like watching them play each other. Really don't. It's it's not pretty hockey. And it's not super, it's not as super physical as like uh, when the Kings were having their run, their series against St. Louis, where it was literally pass hit hit Pass, hit, hit, pass, 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 hit, hit, pass, hit, hit, pass, uh, with goals and the occasional uh scrum thrown in. This is this is the type of hockey that I understand why non hockey fans don't even won't even stay on the game for tw- for a full period. Um. I honestly it wasn't it
1: inspiring hockey, I can say that.
0: It wasn't inspiring hockey, and I don't think it was the best hockey that either team is capable of playing, which is which is the part that disappointed me about the series. Like, there were games for both sides uh, in Boston, Carolina, where both teams were playing their best hockey. There were games for Toronto and Tampa where both teams were playing their best hockey. Um, once.
1: Once again, you've got a guy who I wouldn't have expected to be leading points, leading points for the St. Louis Blues and David Perron. Yeah. Um, anybody that can make Jordan Binnington look all-world, and Minnesota did that because Binnington had a 943 save percentage. Just, I, no. I didn't.
0: Binnington seems to be one of those guys who just gets complacent during a regular season. And he needs to lose that number one spot in order to get his head straight.
1: That's a possibility, too. I mean, he seems to step it up when he needs to, I guess. I, 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 yeah. <clears throat> um,
0: overall, I think that you're going to see some tweaks. I don't think you'll see a teardown to Minnesota. But I don't think that whoever won that series matters all that much, as long as Colorado and Calgary pull their heads, keep their heads out of their backsides, because I think those are still the two best teams in the West, and it's, the gap is big. Well, Colorado
1: decimated the Predators. I mean,
0: yeah, we knew that going in.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean you had Connor Ingram in net for. Nashville. You didn't have Saros. Uh, I don't think that having Saros in net, may, he may have stolen them a game. They may have gone to a game five. But even yeah. that, I'm not sold on. And I like you say Saros. I think he's a really good goaltender. I, I, I think he gets a little overworked. They did the same thing with. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, Pecorine? yes, Pekka Rene. Thank you. I, I think that he's going to get overworked because whoever the backup is, is just like Connor Ingram's got potential, I think, maybe, mm, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him to really make a determination, but yeah, it was just, it was ugly. It, it,
0: yeah. It, it, but now you have the rust versus rest debate. Um, and whoever they face in the second round, they're coming straight out of a they're coming straight out of a strongly contested series. Um, Kings and Oilers. We talked uh, about Evander Kane a minute ago. Yeah, and I he kind looked. of thought that the Kings were going to win this one. I, I wasn't thought, super confident.
1: I thought the Kings were going to win it.
0: And I think if they had Doughty, they would have. Yes. Um, but the Oilers went out and did what they needed to do to win. They didn't – this wasn't a case of the Kings knocking uh, – uh, dropping in two or three own goals or um, star players on the Kings getting uh, getting a multiple-game suspension for something – utterly boneheaded uh, and avoidable. um, They faced... This was a hard series and the Oilers won. I think McDavid actually found his playoff gear because in that last game, he looked more engaged and like he tapped into that emotional fuel than I've ever seen him. Like he's described as a cerebral player a lot, and that's good enough for the regular season. Mm-hmm. I think he just got, I think he finally realized postseason is a different animal. It's we're talking, maimed fox and grizzly bear between difference between the regular season and the postseason. You need to be. <laughs> You need to hit that that new level of you. And as much as I love to give credit
1: to Connor McDavid, or I, I can give credit to Evander Kane, who showed up. He was physical when he needed to be. He scored. he, he led the team in goals with seven. But ultimately. They won this series because a forty-year-old man decided to play like a thirty-year-old goaltender.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Are you are you implying that having useful goaltending makes an impact on your series? Because that's me, bonkers. Me, the guy who talks about goaltenders all the time, I would never make that implication.
1: I'd I'm come right out and say it. Goaltending is key, and Mike saying, Smith.
0: You're saying that his 938 save percentage might have had a little tiny impact over Jonathan Quick's 904 save percentage?
1: Um, yeah. Just a
0: bit. And the, the, the thing is, you can look at those two numbers and say, okay, better goaltender won. But Mike Smith also faced more shots. Oh, yeah. He had 260 shots against to Jonathan Quick's 228. That's a full game's worth of shots across that seven-game series. Oh, yeah. Mike Smith is, Mike
1: Smith has never been one to <clears throat> shy away from a, a, a huge shooting night. He, he, whatever teams he's been on, he's always been... Uh, he seems to like it best bastard. when he's worked the most he he is, he is definitely one of the goaltenders that the more the busier that he is in a game, the better he is. Yes. And the fact that he showed up it, I mean it, it should say something to all of the NHL, it should say something to Edmonton fans, to ever to uh, to hockey fans that they pay Koskinen to be the number 1 yet he's not on the ice. It's Mike Smith.
0: Mike Smith, absolutely. I don't care whether there there was the issue was health or quality of play. Mike Smith deserves to start at least the first three games of the second round. He will.
1: I don't know. I I I don't know if Edmonton needs to start concerning themselves with. Um, Yeah, because their defense, I love Darnell Nurse, don't get me wrong. But if they come up against Calgary, you're talking about younger, faster, Gaudreau, Lindholm, Mangiapane, Kachuk. Uh, Markstrom is playing out of his mind. He's He's a Vesna finalist. I mean, if Dallas does beat Calgary, then it'll be a really interesting series between the Oilers and Dallas. But if Calgary should win game seven, and it is at home, and we're going to get to them in a moment, I guess, but they haven't finished their series yet. But I think the Oilers need to ah, make sure they got that defense strapped down. I... And it's not going to get any less busy for Mike Smith. <laughs> no, no, that that is regardless like of the which team they play. Of the- Actually, regardless of which team they play, because Dallas has their young stars: Robert, Jason Robinson, uh, Rope Hintz, uh, Gurianov. Then you got the older guys, Pavelski, playing like he's ten years younger than he is, and uh, you know. You got Jamie Benn out there. You got Sagan out there who can mm-hmm. still.
0: Jamie Benn and Sagan are on the ice, and that's about all I'll say for them.
1: Oh, OK, cool. I didn't realize they were having that bad of a time.
0: They haven't done much in the past two or three years, in my very, very humble opinion.
1: Be interesting, though. Jake Ottinger is the another one of the young goaltenders. From Hockey East, by the way. Really? Kind of like that Swayman kid in Boston.
0: Okay. The top, <laughs> um, For goals, I guess Tyler, one of Tyler Sagan's goals I know is an empty netter. Okay. Um, overall, that doesn't hugely matter. But um, Pavelski has three goals. Rupe Hins Michael Raffle, Tyler Sagan all have two. And then the next guys are, are Heiskanen, Robertson, and Fox, uh, each with one. Yeah, And that's it. That's all their goal scoring for the first round so far. Um,
1: so Jake Ottinger has a 9.54 save percentage. Yep. Just saying. Um, and he started all six games. It's not like that, that was just. He's
0: getting 1.69 goals against. He's the reason that they might make it to the second round.
1: Yes. Boston University boy.
0: Jamie Benn has one assist in the series, and that's it. That's it. His faceoff percentage is
1: 44.8. Wow. All
0: and right, then I guess in the I, hole of 1643 of
1: time on ice per game. I guess then we won't include him in the. Just he is he is not in Mike
0: Pontsmith's watch top thirty five. No. No. What about Jake Ottinger? <laughs> Jake Ottinger probably if I were actually going to sit down and write out a list of thirty five, yeah, he'd he'd be on there. Um. I mean, it's it. Yeah. Do do you
1: have it? Do you have a, a who do you think might win this game seven?
0: <sighs> no. Because as much as I think Calgary is clearly the better team, they haven't consistently played like it. And Ottinger is a hundred percent capable of stealing games.
1: Is he also like a hundred percent like laser
0: focused right now? Uh, he's <laughs> if he's not playing the best hockey of his career, it's, it's got to be pretty close. Yeah, uh, it's, that it's, said. It's, when you look at the other side, Matthew Kachuk has four assists in the series, but hasn't got a goal yet. Mm -hmm. He's due. Okay. Um, Tyler Chipoli. Just one assist and that's it. So he's due a goal. Um, Yeah. By the way,
1: I know that we're I'm I'm raving on on. You know, hockey East Boston University boy Jake Ottinger. and his not Jacob Markstrom has a 9.45
0: save percentage. Yeah, he's decidedly not terrible. Um, decidedly not terrible. Wow. <laughs> he might be the most consistent goaltender in the league right now, but you've also got you know Blake Coleman who's been there and done that, who hasn't doesn't have a goal. Lucic, who doesn't have a goal, who, he's been there and done that. And he's actually looked solid, not spectacular, but he's been in the right place a lot of the time uh, in the series, in the games that I've watched. Mm-hmm. So if a guy or two gets gets on the board who hasn't done so in this series for Calgary, that could be a turning point. I, I mean, Calgary should win this game. That, it's at it it, home.
1: I mean, what a goaltending battle, a 954 versus a 945. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, Calgary's defense uh, has not allowed nearly as many shots. I mean, you're talking Ottinger has faced 218 shots. Markstrom's faced 164. So Otinger's let in 10 goals. Markstrom has let in nine. He has a 1.52 goals against. They both have a shutout.
0: They both have won three and lost three. I, I mean, damn. It's been a remarkably high-quality series. That I'm willing to bet not many people are watching. Nope. I mean, I've watched games when I could because I like players on both sides. Um, we know – I mean, we know that I like Kachuk. We know that I like Goudreau. Um I've never said a bad thing about Blake Coleman. Um, and then in Dallas, you know, we talked about Robertson, and we talked about. Um, well, you've got Rope Hintz down there, and he's Rope like- Hintz and two or three others before the before the playoffs started. Mm-hmm. Um, Heiskanen is. I would love the Bruins to somehow come away with, Rupi, with uh, Miro Heiskanen or Rupe Hintz in the offseason. It would yeah. make my offseason. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I like John Klingberg. I think I'm higher on him still than a lot of people. Um, I think that if there were anyone on that team who was capable of being consistently offensive who was not named Joe, uh, Joe Pavelski...
1: I'd go and after Pavelski, except that he's 37 years old.
0: You know, if you're only doing it for one year, why not? I mean, sure, he's going to hit the cliff at some point, and sure, he's never been the best skater in the league. Uh, I think he's better than Logan Couture, but that's not a high bar. Um. Yeah.
1: Um. Be inclined to agree.
0: And let's let's talk about some of the awards. Uh, We have three of the awards on the docket to talk about today.
1: Question before we actually discuss individual awards, just because I'm curious and I know how I feel about it. Do you like this announcing the finalists for one award every day?
0: No, never have.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I un- I think I understand why they do it. They, oh, I completely
0: they, understand why they do it. I just think it's stupid.
1: It just announced them already. Aren't aren't the
0: isn't or, the voting supposed to be done? The voting was done weeks ago. I would rather have you announce it in like threes or fours. You know, you announce the heart, you announce the Bing, you announce the Vesna in one. You announce the selkie, the calder, and the. Um, maybe the Lindsay and another, and I know there's like three or four more awards, but I mean, I mean, they're stretching, they're stretching these
1: awards into the second round.
0: That's because they want to make sure there's something to talk about every day. Ah, that's, that's the reason. It's the reason that the NFL keeps adjusting their schedule of things so that there's always something to talk about in the NFL every month, every week. It's purely well, about social media presence and staying front of mind with with the fan base. Yeah, Anyone I'm not, who I'm thinks not a, otherwise. Nope.
1: I'm not a big fan of the announcing one award
0: a day. Here's the no, finalist for it. this. I hate it. Just I really, really, really do not like. Um. So Ted Lindsay Award. Mm hmm.
1: Um Head Award is, is the given, one that voted that's voted on by the players, correct?
0: Uh, yes, I'll read the award info. Um the award is given annually to the most outstanding player in the NHL, is voted by fellow members of the NHL uh PA. The winner is announced as part of the awards. Um so three finalists. We have Roman Yossi, Defenseman. Um defenseman who was really high in the scoring ranks, if memory serves. Austin Matthews, who had a ridiculous goal-scoring season. And Connor McDavid, who Connor McDavid all season long. Um, I'm okay. not necessarily sure I agree that these are the three most outstanding players of the year. Mm-hmm but I don't hate them for the nominations. Um, I think that you can make a really strong case for one or two of the goaltenders this year, uh, having been worthy of being in this competition, uh, in this discussion, um, because there are a couple of goaltenders who, without them, their teams wouldn't have come close to the playoffs. Okay. Um,
1: You can... My my question is... Who gets to determine the finalists for an award voted on by the players?
0: It, I understand it's based on the vote totals in their. I think it's open to anyone that they decide to vote on who played in the season. Right.
1: And 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 I get that. I'm just saying that. So uh, when they announce these quote unquote finalists, what they're really announcing are the top three vote getters since the votes are already done. Correct. Ah, now I get it after many, many years of life. This one supposedly is the most important because it's
0: voted on by peers. and. Yeah, I mean, some of it, some of it to me still smells like a popularity contest, uh, but
1: When you look at it's still one it's still an offensive award though. If you look at and, the that's,
0: and that's my and that's part of my issue. Like if you look at the if you look at the goaltenders, mm-hmm. Saros, without him, nine eighteen save percentage, but led the league in games with a save percentage over nine hundred, um, and had the most games with a save percentage over nine hundred among goaltenders. Without him, Nashville went home early. They played their 82 and were done.
1: I was going to say, Nashville's already on the golf course, uh, and I don't mean with four games in Colorado either. I, I mean, the, the, like you said, 82 and done. Have a nice day. You,
0: you can make that around. case for Igor Shosturkin. Uh, he had less games uh, with a save percentage over uh, over 900, but he also played 14 less games than Soros and had a 935 save percentage in those 53 games. Mm -hmm. Um, That's your Demko. Um, No, the Vancouver Canucks didn't make it into the playoffs, but... And then, you know, you look at some of the players who are going to be nominated for the Selkie. Are the Boston Bruins legitimately making the playoffs this year if you replace Patrice Bergeron with some random other center? Probably not. <laughs> <though. laughs> random other center. Okay. Let's okay. Random other center, probably taking it too far, but let's talk. Let's say. Pick a, or let me see.
1: Random um, other center. Hmm. I'm trying to think of
0: randomly. Uh, I real that one was going too far, but let's talk about the Anaheim ducks. They played okay. really well most of the year. Or for a good stretch of the year. If you if you replace Patrice Bergeron with Trevor Zegras or Ryan Getzlav, are the Bruins making the playoffs this year? Probably not. And I like Ziegris. I really do. I like Ryan Getzlapp. I think he'd have a boatload of fun playing with Brad Marchand for a season or two.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, if you replace him with. The thing you is, you can with
1: d- Josh Norris. Trouble is, you can't do it in a vacuum because you ma- no matter who you replace no, him with, it's hard. They're not yes. going to have the chemistry that he's got with Marshawn. They're not going to have the chemistry that the Raptors line has when they're together. It, so you can't just do it in a vacuum. I guess is the, the 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 easiest way to get out of it is no, they wouldn't. They might make a playoff. They might make the playoffs with a Getslapper. Getslap get is a highly talented guy, although this year being his last. I don't think he was playing at the top of his game.
0: No. Um, how about if you replace Bergeron with Jonathan Marsha Salt or Chandler Stevenson?
1: Um, probably not. And I love no. both of those guys.
0: Um, and so, well, I don't have anything against the three finalists. It seems to have come down to offense again. And that's for, just for not well. for the Lindsey. And that's just not what oh, the... Yeah. To me, that's just not it. Um, I would go with, Joe, with Yossi for this one because he had to do so much of the lifting. I think that the Leafs are making the playoffs even if you swap out Austin Matthews for Troy Terry. Yeah. Um I think that the I think that the Oilers are probably making the playoffs even if you stru- if you swa- swap out um Connor McDavid for for another, you know, top end center. Uh I like I mean they're both contributors, mm-hmm. but without without Yosi, no, there's no way uh, the, there's no way the Predators are anywhere near the playoffs. They're is not. The wins- no, most sorry. outstanding, I, I guess, most outstanding is not necessarily the same as most valuable. Um, I guess we'll have to see. I, I expect this award to go to Austin Matthews this year. I really do. And... Is the is the Lindsay
1: Award some some kind of um, feel good award for the person who doesn't win the heart? Because the heart is Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, surprise, surprise, and then Igor Shesterkin So Roman Yossi, no mention, even though you could put him into the finalist category for the heart. But your third choice is Igor Shesterkin who in his own right, deserves it for what he did with the Rangers.
0: Yep. Now,
1: unfortunately, unfortunately, I think it's going to be, oh, we're giving it to Connor again. And then, oh, hey, since Austin Matthews couldn't win that one, we're going to give him the Lindsay Award to, you know, kind of like the, the feel good, the the sorry you couldn't get the heart, but here's the the player's heart trophy.
0: Theoretically, the voters don't know how the totals are turning out in each category, and they're voted on by different people. Ah, But uh, it does feel that way a lot of times, although the Lindsay and Hart have gone to the same person more than a few times. Um, Now, the members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association do the balloting for the Calder Trophy. Mm -hmm. Of these three, I want to say that one of them is a clear winner but I think it really is two, it's a two-man race <laughs> simply because of what they had around them. Michael Bunting had a pretty darn good season. Okay. Um, on, a, on a
1: team that has Austin Matthews um, and Mitch Marner and, Mitch Marner and, Johnson- and William, Nieland,
0: William Nylander. And that's the argument against him. Okay. I mean, it's, it's difficult to argue against the 13.1, save percentage, I mean, shooting percentage, which is yeah. exactly half of what his shooting percentage was last year. Um, although, Hmm, he played 26 games, all of not in a season, uh, before this year. Interesting. Um, he is a little bit older than the other two. um, there's nothing wrong with what Mike Bolt bunting did, and I think he's a valuable player. That's interesting
1: because Wayne Gretzky during one of the intermissions actually said that age should not be a factor in no, Aldo voting. Think it is. If, you're a rookie, if you're a rookie, you're a rookie in the NHL. Yes. If you played 10 years in the KHL, that's fine. You played 10 years in the KHL, but if you're a rookie in the NHL, you're a rookie. doesn't matter whether you're 19, 29.
0: I agree with him. I, I do agree with him.
1: Um, and I do find it interesting that they cut it off at like 26, but uh, uh, Marit Sider or Trevor Zegris. I mean, Zegris, I, I don't get me wrong. We got to see Zegris here in new England because he played, you know, he went to school here.
0: I think that, but, I think that Marit Sider, when you break it down, had the more difficult task, he played in the more competitive division. It played in the more difficult position to learn. Yeah. Um, Yes. Yes, the Ducks held a playoff spot for a long portion of the season. But if you're Mm -hmm. asking me, if you're telling me I can only have one of these players going forward for the next three years, I am going to want to punch you. Yeah, and then take more cider. Okay, and is and that's saying and I'm saying that as someone who has absolutely loved the season that Trevor Zegers has had, absolutely loved. When you look at some of the underlying numbers,
1: yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's more. See, no, I can tell. See, now I can tell you that I think it should be Maurice Cider, but you're going to say.
0: Uh, well, but you agree Red Win with fan. me. That's good enough reason for you to be right. Um, no, no, no,
1: I've seen all three guys play, and I still think it should be cider. But the argument is that I'm a Red Wings fan, so I will
0: keep it to myself. Are. But yes, I, I think that my vote in this category would probably have uh, Moritz cider first, Trevor Zegers second. And I want to say that there were a couple of other rookies um, who, I, who I would have put in place of bunting. Not because bunting was terrible, not because I think that the only reason that bunting did anything was because of who he was playing with, but because I think that as far as the actual lift, uh, what they needed to do to accomplish whatever it is they did this year, um, yeah, there's there's a big, big difference between doing it when everyone on the ice is ridiculously famous for being ridiculously good. Um, I might I might actually have had two players from Detroit on this because Lucas Raymond Lucas Ray- this. I, and I and
1: Lucas Raymond was fun to watch this year.
0: I mean, he played more ice time and had an equal shooting percentage. Equal face-off, effectively equal face-off uh, numbers to Trevor Zegers. Um,
1: I think the problem is if you put Lucas Raymond and Cider on the same ballot, I think that it, they take votes away from each other.
0: They do. Um,
1: but Lucas Raymond was a hell of a lot of fun to watch this year. He's going to be a good one for years.
0: And there's no question of that in my mind. Um, I do. I, 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 a lot of people, I don't know
1: if the I don't know if question is the right word, but uh, have, have issues with what Eisenman's doing in Detroit and they're not doing this and then Eisenman's got a plan. And I think that it's starting to come together. The youngsters, he's starting to play them with more regularity, uh, He's still, yes, he's got some aging veterans in there that he's trying to work through. Uh, He gave Blashill an extra three or four years after he took over the team. So I think if you give Detroit and give Eisenman the time, he can do it again. I mean, he clearly built what is in Tampa Bay now.
0: He built a lot of it, yeah. I think honestly, and I know that certain people listening are going to hate hearing me say it, but I still think that I might put Swayman as the number as the third um as the third nominee on that ballot.
1: I don't have a problem with that. I mean,
0: you know, Cider, Zegris and Swayman probably in that order.
1: I don't uh-huh. know. Is, Otten, is Ottinger considered a rookie this year?
0: No. I think he played. Yeah. I think he played a good number of games last year, and he's. I want to say he's past twenty six, or was past twenty six at the start of the year. Okay. No, so Jay Ottinger No, yeah, Jay Cottinger played 48 games last season, and 29 the game before the year before. So.
1: Oh yeah. wow, I didn't realize he. I didn't realize he played that many. Okay, 48 this you? Yeah, the 29 last year, I think, is what does him in.
0: Oh no, no, actually, he did play. Yeah, it's 29 last season. And
1: 48, and 48 this, this, season. this year. Hockey DP. I didn't, re- I didn't realize he. I didn't realize he had played that many last season. That's why I was asking the question. I knew he had played, yes. I didn't realize it was quite that many. I mean, Swayman played last year, but... Not enough to disqualify. Not enough to... Yes, exactly. So we got we got the Lindsay, we got the Calder. What other awards have they announced? Finalists have they announced? Oh, the Norris. Or are we go. holding off on that one?
0: Let's go with the Norris, and yeah.
1: The Norris um, trophy for best goal-scoring defenseman in the league. Um,
0: They're going to leave the the requirements as they are. They really just need to rename it the Orr because it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> and even And even Bobby Orr said that. Like, even Bobby Orr said... Uh, late in the regular season when he was in Boston on TV, that they ought to have an award for best offensive defenseman. Yes. Um,
1: And it should be called the Bobby Orr Award.
0: (laughs) It doesn't even need to be called the Bobby Orr Award. I don't really care what it's called. Um, Okay,
1: fair enough. I mean, you could call it the Chelios. I mean, there's plenty of offensive defensemen that have come before. What's going on. But the fact that you're making it so much about offense now, and it seems that way because you've got guys like Brent Burns winning it. And and you've got guys like uh, Carlson, who, yes. OK, I know Carlson has changed his game, but when he won it, he was primarily an
0: offensive defenseman. You know, So, I mean, as uh, so three guys go ahead and we no, talked just about just- some of the stats earlier this year. We'll talk about them again by the time the, before the awards are handed out. But the finalists, to absolutely no one's surprise, yeah, yossi Yosi Makar,
1: and their numbers one, two, and three in points by defenseman, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I think you're right there. And we looked at some of the deep underlying stats, and. Um, some of them are useful, some of them are not. There's and I think this is the issue that the statisticians and the league has in building the game. Like the statisticians getting buy-in, they you can't find a functional explanation for how a lot of the advanced stats are calculated. Okay. I mean the you look at you look at football and the quarterback rating, which I'm not a huge the, fan. The, of, you
1: The quarterback rating algorithm or formula or whatever you want to call it is about as uh, understandable as
0: the U.S. tax code. Yeah. But yeah. You at least know what goes into it, and it's fairly consistent. Then you know, what goes into
1: expected areas. goals against? Expected
0: goals against? Or expected goals for,
1: or... Um, I don't know. I told you I don't understand though, that some of those advanced That's the stats.
0: Problem. That I really want to have a couple of the advanced <laughs> stats people come on <laughs> and just give us a explain-it-to-me-like-I'm-five explanation like
1: five. See, that that and therein lies the problem. They'll explain it to you, but I don't think they can explain it to you like you're five, because I don't think. I don't think the the math nerds that put these formulas together have a way of explaining it in common speak. OK, explain it to me like I'm 10 and I don't think they could do that either. But OK. And
0: there's that's the issue. Get it. Make it understandable. And until you do, these hockey writers who are... They didn't go to school for math. And these general managers who didn't go to school for math, assuming they went anywhere beyond high school anyways. um, And... The above average fan in the street Mm -hmm. are never going to understand why player X should be getting the award over player C. Now, do I think that any of the three guys nominated are terrible defensemen? No. Makar is probably better in his own zone now than he's definitely better in his own zone now than Erickson was at an equivalent number of games played in the NHL. He's probably better now than that other guy on the Sharks is today. Do I think that these guys are the three best guys in their own zone for turning out or defending the crease and creating exit passes and transition? No. No. No, I'm not 100% convinced of that. Um, I think that Roman Yossi and Victor Hedman are probably in the top 25 in their own zone. Okay. I would put Kale McCarr a little bit lower than that. Not a huge amount. But uh, we have that article from The Athletic on from former Globe writer Pluto Shinzawa, Yep. On how, on why um, Charlie McAvoy is never going to win a Norris.
1: Because he and doesn't have the he doesn't have the points production of he doesn't have the points Yossi, production?
0: of Yossi Makar and Hedman. I he mean t- points production. The other thing is is he's not the best on his team in a lot of the advanced stats either. Like, yeah. you know, they point out one, they point out one stat where he's behind uh, Matt Grizzlick. Oh,
1: that's, that's the, that's the expected goal. That's expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five play. <laughs>
0: but, and, and again, you have, you have the dual problems of how do you arrive at this number? <laughs> expected. And
1: and the goals that you expect to get on the ice.
0: <laughs> and of course, well, if someone on his team is better, he can't be the best at it.
1: Especially when it's his teammate. It, not only his teammate now, but his teammate in college, too.
0: And, I mean, I think that everyone should go re- sit down and read the. If you have the athletic, go ahead and read that article. Um, I. I, and this is one of those reasons that Shea Weber was, um, I think we can get away with saying porked out of ever winning a Norris. And Zidane Chara was equally um, rudely used out of ever winning a second Norris. Um, I think that some of these stats, I know that not some of these stats need to be better understood. And... I yeah I I, it's like trying to
1: understand Fenwick and Corsi and all the other I have no idea. Oh God, even
0: Fenwick and Corsi make more sense, at least are at least more understandable than some of the, some of the ones that are that get tossed into the arguments for why the guys who aren't the most offensive are better than some of the people who are. And you know as much as. I said it already. one of the reasons that McAvoy is not going to win is because he's not the best on the team at multiple of those stats that get used. and that's that's going to st- that's a, that's a full stop for a lot of but, for a lot of the voters,
1: but that's the argument that's the argument for having an offensive offensive defenseman and because yeah. there yeah. are defensemen there are defensemen out there. Like Mark Edward Vlasic, who are never going to win a Norris,
0: or Braun, or yeah, there's there's a good ten or twelve of them. Uh, and I would rather they
1: see, be. They should be getting consideration as best defenseman in the NHL because that's what they do, and that's you know.
0: Even John then, Carlson probably deserves at least one more Norris finalist appearance uh, versus because he it really is that good in his own zone. I I would like to see the Norris description rewritten so that people can take whatever their 10 favorite non-offensive stats are, plug them into the machine and have them wait as 85% of the the points in the system or 85% of the rating, and then put put offensive categories into it for the last 15%, or even only 10% mm-hmm. for defense, for the Norris Trophy. And while, it's, while stats are one thing, and there's the intangibles, and if you want to make the intangibles a full 10% of it, I'm okay with that. But I think that, you know, with 32 teams, and arguably... On average, one top defenseman per team. The reason we keep getting the guys with the most points as the finalists is because it's just easy. It's that it it's, really is. It's just I, easy. It, it, it it's
1: easy. It's easy to quantify because you can say this guy has done has got this many points. This guy has this many goals. This guy. It's not as easy to quantify how important his play in the defensive zone, you know, clearing a puck down, uh, you know, when you're, uh, when you've been under pressure for 40 seconds. Absolutely. And you're, you know, blocking shots, does blocking shots come into play? You know, it is
0: like, there's so many things that I, like if I were going to create a, a defensive, a defensive rating i think i would have to put clears per shift for stoppage and exit passes that result in a shot uh per 60 or per shift as oh, we part of the formula start making up our own our own formulas and algorithms <laughs> it wouldn't be a bad idea like there i think that you have to measure stuff that That's shows really actual contributions I agree. In That's a, what I'm saying. Does this uh,
1: blocking shots count? You know, should well, it be, should it should it be weighed heavier, depending upon the situation? Last five minutes of a game with a three two lead, uh, you know. Hey, for me, can't quantify that.
0: For me, if you're not in the top two or three in your on your team in penalty kill, you don't belong in this race at all. Like, yeah, it, done. Um, does on uh, does time on ice factor? I mean, I mean yeah, time McCann, on ice is always going to factor. It better. Now factor, the difference I mean, between twenty four minutes a night and twenty eight minutes a night, <laughs> I don't see that as as telling about the player as I do about the team. Like, yes, if you can play twenty eight minutes a night, you've obviously got phenomenal cardio. Um, you're super fit. And but I don't know that I don't know that Drew Doughty plays
1: twenty-eight minutes a night because the team requires of it all uh, requires it of him all the time. I think Drew Doughty is somewhat of a masochist.
0: And he's likes somewhat to of a masochist
1: out, and likes to be out
0: there that much. And but I'm there's like- also the fact that he's there's clearly a gap between him and the next yes, four sentiment. I agree, yes. And the gap between him and number two playing his side is bigger than the gap between number two playing his side and whoever is in the minors hoping for a call up on that side. <laughs> um now the other guy we want to say we want to talk about individually uh is Dustin Brown. He's nah. he's hung up his skates after an incredible career. Um never the best offensive player on the team. One of those guys. Not,
1: who was, yeah. It was it was about more than that with Dustin Brown. The intangibles. Was not the, a role the,
0: player, but he was a he was a star. Like he did whatever was needed for that team to win. He, he played on the right side. He played on the left side. He did. He killed penalties. He played on the power play. If he needed to, he he shed the gloves and tried to knock someone's teeth out their backside. He did it all. And one of those guys you never really heard. Like, I can't ever say that I watched a game and said, oh, my God, Dustin Brown is the dirtiest player I've seen all year.
1: When have you ever said that? Never. And yeah, neither have I.
0: And. To play that many games with rivalries as heated as he played he did, that's that's phenomenal. Like there
1: was some fun series too, like the one against the one against New Jersey, when I think there was actually more. There were more hits, more than passes in some of those. More games. hits than shots on goal. More, hit, more, <laughs> more hits than passes. It was. That was that was just entertaining. Twelve
0: hundred ninety six games, three hundred twenty five goals, two Stanley Cups, um, Mark Messier Award in thirteen fourteen. His jersey will be in the Raptors in Los Angeles.
1: If it's not, then There's, somebody needs a slap. <laughs>
0: I sorry, I I. I I tried to find a nicer oh, way you're to not put wrong. it, but you're not wrong and you're not underst, and you're not overstating anything. My question, and we're going to toss this out as a poll question because we don't have time to hash it out this week between us. Uh huh. And you're not allowed to answer uh, gonna, to, uh, on the show
1: today. You're going to use the three letter, the three initials,
0: aren't you? Um, is Dustin Brown a Hall of Fame player? Yeah, see, three
1: initials. HLA. I'm not answering.
0: Very good. Um, rumors Patrice Bergeron might be done. I don't know. Um, but as we said four or five years ago, or about three years ago, when Tuka Rask was saying, I don't know if I'm coming back. If you're not committed to coming back, you've already got one put out the door. I'm not saying that Bergeron is Tuka Rask because Bergeron is playing at a higher level than Rask did in his last season or, and I won't even count this season against Tuka Rask because he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't have been on the ice period. But Patrice Bergeron is still playing at a level where if he comes back next season and plays exactly the same way, no one's going to blink at wanting to resign him at the end of next year, despite his age despite the miles on the body. Um, and I think that there's certainly an 85% chance that if he comes back next year to play in the NHL, it will be in Boston. Do I think he's going to Montreal like some neat head? Uh, I said that he was going to. No. I think if he were to go anywhere, it would be probably somewhere in the Western Conference. But I don't really see that happening. Um, I, I would say that there's a 60% chance he'll be back next year.
1: That's it? Just 60, huh?
0: He's – he still wants to win. He's 37 I know. I, I no. He's won the gold at the Olympics. He's won the gold at world uh, at the worlds and at juniors. Um, he's got four selkies and should pick up his fifth one this summer. Um, I mean, about the only things, the only two things that he could still be playing for would be a Stanley Cup and a Conn Smythe. The Conn Smythe is super difficult to get. And if he's going to go play elsewhere, he's pr- he's probably not even going to get equal. If he's going to go play elsewhere for a really, really, really strong chance at a cup, he's probably going to have to take a pay cut, and he's either going to have to move his family or be without his family for large portions of the year. Okay. I don't see him wanting to be without his family for large portions of the year, especially after COVID. Um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily see him moving his family unless, you know, start of next season, there's a mysteriously a team that's been relocated to Quebec city.
1: Um, um, and I don't, that's the one place I would see him. That's the one place I could see him going if there were a franchise there, like, uh, other than that, I don't I, – I have a hard time seeing him leave Boston to go elsewhere.
0: Like, I can't think of a city, of a team right now where if you put him on that roster, they suddenly become a contender without major dislocation of their current roster. Like, you, sure, adding him to Vegas, yes, it, <laughs> you have him and Eichel as your one-two punch at center – you have Mark Stone there?
1: I think that's why people wanted Eichel to come here. Not that they could, not that the Bruins could afford his 10 mil, but...
0: No, and you really would have to blow up the Vegas roster to add Bergeron at a reasonable salary. Um, yeah. Carolina or Florida or Tampa? No, they... Just no. You're Again, you're no. blowing up the whole roster. The Rangers? Maybe? Maybe, maybe.
1: I don't think he could do it.
0: See, the Rangers yeah. are a rival, but they're not Montreal. They're not Toronto. But I just, I don't
1: think he could do it, though. I, I don't know. I, I, um, I don't
0: know.
1: That's a, that's a, that, that's a tougher one than Montreal. I know he won't. I, I'm like Montreal pretty is just. I'm pretty certain in saying that Montreal is a no.
0: Um, I.
1: I personally I think, think that the Rangers like, would be tough,
0: too. Uh, but I I can't think of a place for him to go where you can say, yep, he tips the needle. I mean, unless we're going to see some sort of super team formed with him and some of the other UFAs this offseason and we can talk about some of those UFAs next week.
1: Um, super team, huh? team. Super team. I know they have uh, them in the NBA. Could you do that in the NHL too?
0: You could, um, because you know you look at it. You know you're going to have you're going to have um, Johnny Hockey as a UFA.
1: Okay.
0: And Patrice Bergeron as a UFA. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other players who are going to be UFAs, and we should really really uh, take a look at that for next week.
1: I was going to say, off the top of my head, I can't come up with any, but I'm sure the list is long. Malcolm long-ended. is a
0: UFA. Giroux is a UFA. Um, Line A is a UFA. Uh, Kessel. I think, Kane,
1: I think Kane is a
0: UFA. Matt, oh, Matt Kachuk is a UFA. Um, not that one. The other one. In no, RFA, sorry. Um, no, Evander Kane is UFA, but he's not going anywhere. Andre Palat is a UFA. I'm pretty sure
1: that. I'm pretty sure that Holland is going to make sure that there's a pen in his hand
0: Um, (laughs) once the playoffs are over. Kadri, you know that might that might actually work if Kadri isn't re-signed in Colorado, and they tell him early enough. Bergeron to the former Nordiques for a year or two.
1: The former, he's gonna he's gonna pull a. He's going to pull
0: a Ray Bork. Only he won't even have to be traded. He'll just be. Uh, he'll just go yeah. sign. He's not a free
1: agent yet. They could. Still turn around the season, and, yeah. They still could turn around and trade him before. That would have to be. If Don, if Don Sweeney trades Patrice Bergeron, I don't care how much sense it may make. Don Sweeney trading for the image of that happening it's I would not sleep for like three days it's not something that Don Sweeney wants anybody picturing
0: uh, it, like Is I, Im-
1: I don't care how much sense, sense it makes
0: even if it made perfect sense for Bergeron and the return was like even if they traded him to Anaheim and came back with two firsts, a second. <laughs> okay, if they traded him to Anaheim yeah. and came back with two firsts, Trevor Zegres, and Troy Terry, <laughs> First I of all, still feel sick. First of all, wow, now, I need the name of your dealer. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to happen. I, I would still feel sick. Like, I've, I that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I
1: don't care what you, I don't care what you're trading Bergeron for. I don't care how smart the de- how much sense the deal makes, how smart it is. It's going to be a nightmare PR if if Sweeney trades Patrice Bergeron.
0: Oh, even if about the only trade that I could understand. Not get behind. <laughs> and I would only say that I understood it from the Bruins' perspective and not wouldn't understand how the league allowed it.
1: So you're text, you texting me your dealer's number first, right?
0: <laughs> if for some reason someone in Arizona is dumb enough to do this, oh, but God. if for okay. some reason Don Sweeney announces t- Tuesday afternoon that the Boston Bruins have traded uh. Have traded Patrice Bergeron for all three of Arizona's firsts and two of their seconds. Uh huh. I wouldn't actually throw up. I can't imagine the league actually allowing the trade because that's. that's, But I wouldn't actually throw up. In fact, I'd probably spend about 10 minutes laughing at the sheer ridiculousness of it.
1: Now they have no future and no home to play in. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, when you don't have a home to play in, I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're going to be able to put exciting players. Excuse me.
1: No future, no home to play in, and, oh, wait. Your owners are terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a franchise cursed for ownership. I I mean, I don't know if it's simply because – Anyways, we'll dive into yeah, that later. That that's a yeah. they they that's they're a
1: homeless. full
0: that's a full show.
1: Well, their homelessness thing is coming up in about a month and a half.
0: I mean, it might. I mean, functionally speaking, they're already homeless. Um,
1: yes, but their their official lease ends. I think it's June thirtieth or something like that. <laughs> and then they really, really, really have no home.
0: Okay, I'm going to spend I, 3 minutes on this article, The Wild Disappointment. We are okay. because it's hilariously bad. Okay. Uh, in the in this article from the hockey writers, the writer seems to be under the mistaken belief that what you, what happens in the playoffs affects the wards for regular season. Mhm. the regular season and goes after Jared Spurgeon for losing his temper um, at, at Buchnevich.
1: Butch, at well, he's and one of the three most disappointing players in the playoffs from Minnesota. One so, of the
0: yeah. three most disappointing players in the playoffs is Jared Spurgeon. A whole paragraph on his naughtiness is why. His naughtiness. That— a full four minutes of penalties in a in a series, and that's the reason. Four penalty minutes. Four penalty minutes, yeah. And that's the reason he's one of the most disappointing players. Well, apparently he came close to being suspended. A, is that sort of like being close to being pregnant, or...? Being a little bit, I, did, pregnant I, I didn't think
1: there was such a thing as uh, you, you could only be, ha- you know, you could only be somewhat pregnant. Yeah, I didn't think that was possible. Um, so he came close to being suspended. No, 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 you either were or you weren't. He wasn't, he did, whether he cross checked Buknevich or whatever. <clears throat> but apparently, these four penalty minutes and this possible suspension or almost suspension. <clears throat> Might have affected his possibility of winning the Lady Bing Trophy. Mike? Yeah, uh, that's... um... Might have affected... No, 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 no. Hear me? It might have affected his chances of winning the Lady Bing Trophy.
0: Uh, There's a TV commercial that gets cited on a regular basis as the wisdom of the ages for this type of situation. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> any I'm of sorry. I don't
1: no. want I don't, to... I don't feel right explaining to Mariah that they've already voted on the award because it only counts for the regular season, but
0: I feel like obliged that I have to. <laughs> and, I mean, the article starts off okay with... Um with Kevin Fiala sort of evaporating in the postseason again, whatever. Foligno struggled at playoff run. Excuse me. Okay. Um when you're thinking of offensive contributors to the Minnesota Wild. Yes. Is Marcus Fellino in your like top seven or eight? As far as your expectations go, mm, no, only if only if he's seventh or eighth,
1: because you know they only have twelve forwards on the ice, so
0: and twelve forwards and a couple of defensemen who are going to pick up bunches of assists making useful passes. yeah,
1: yeah, no, so, I'm not expect no. I'm not expecting the bulk of my offense to flow through Marcus bellino. no, nope, nope,
0: nope, Nope. nope,
1: no. Fiala, on the other hand, yes, he had a he had some major struggles, um, and I do expect Fiala to put up more than two
0: points. So before we hang up uh, for the week, got a pick in the Lightning Panthers game uh, series?
1: Ah, oh. uh, this uh, um. Panthers in seven.
0: I'm going to go Panthers in six. I think they learned their lesson and they're getting better goaltending.
1: See, I think the goaltending's going to even the way it's going. I think the goaltending kind of evens itself out. I just think that there's I just think that there's a little bit more depth on on the on the Panthers, if especially if they get in performances like that from Verhage,
0: Verhage, Giroux, um, Hubie, Doobie, Doo, and uh, their and Ekblad, yeah, I I really really like I like the cut of their jib. Yep. Um, and that. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages is where we leave you. Have a fantastic week and we'll be back.